What's up, everybody? Welcome to Forgive and Forget. My name is Hal Sadie, aka Halu. And look, we're back in the regular format, and I have a podcast for you today. It is my dad, and here's how we're gonna do this, okay? We're gonna break it into bits. So, you're gonna get part one today, and we haven't recorded the other parts, so I don't know how many other parts there are gonna be. So, uh, my dad doesn't have any uh, social media or anything like that, so you can't follow him. If you want any updates just come to me all right okay so without further ado my dad Phil Sadie what's up everybody this is my dad Phil Sadie welcome him to the show hi Phil how are you thank you very much for inviting me oh thank you for coming I've it's, it's been a long time coming yeah I, I knew that and I've been looking for <laughs> keep hold the micro there you go okay there you go now what what did um so I've known you since I've been born, because you're my dad. Not uh, <laughs> uh, so. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Well, I, from when I was born, I was born in Lebanon, Hasrun, Lebanon, and I was I was in Lebanon fr- uh, till I was fourteen. From fourteen. Fourteen on, I came to Canada. Okay. And I lived in Canada most of my life. What uh, What do you remember about Lebanon? Well, Lebanon, I the, the time I w- we were we, I was living there. That was the time of the war, Second World War. It was a hard time. No food. N- people crying. They don't have bread to eat. To eat. No, they don't have food to eat. And it was really, really, really a bad time. What What year were you born? I was born 1935. 1935? So, but around the time of the war, that was around 1939, 1940. Yeah. So you were around five years old? Uh, yeah, and my dad died. I was in 1941. Okay. I was six years old. Six years old, so. Yeah. Um, what, do you remember anything about the war? Not too much because we didn't see anything about the war because we live in a town in the mountain. Mm-hmm. The only thing we see a lot of time they took some soldiers to rest in there for you know for a couple of days and and you know and and, uh, and that's the only thing uh, that type of soldier there were no fighting in there or nothing but the the, the war took. Big, big, cause big problem for the people. And in uh, them days, they, s- they claim some war, they make money, and some war, they d- the people starve. But they think that's the war, as far as I'm concerned, that's the war that a lot of people starve. Okay. Okay. Um, how, how many siblings do you have? I have one brother and one, two sisters. Two sisters? You. You're the second oldest, right? Second oldest, and around that time, did did you what what did you do with your siblings? Well, we they, we went to school, grade school, and in, 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 in our hometown, Hasrun, and we we never went out of Hasrun. Uh, only t- place we knew that was uh, that our town. The 
only time we, we knew any, anything outside of our town when that we found out that we, my aunt in Canada made a paper to emigrate to Canada. Mm -hmm. How old were you? I was 14. 14? Then uh, I became 15 and, uh, and uh, during that mm -hmm. time and uh, we uh, we came to Canada in 1950 and we we left uh, first of all we left we left uh, uh, our town about a couple weeks before to say goodbye to my aunt and her family because they lived in Hasrun. Then we went down to Tripoli because that's where my grandmother and my mother's side and her grandfather, they were, they were living at that time because my grandfather, he was a carpenter and he was doing some carpentry work and, and uh, one uncle was doing uh, cement work for, for this big building in Tripoli. And when we left, we left, I think, on the 15th of March. 15th of March, no, what? No, 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 excuse me. We, were, we left around the 14th or the 14th, I forgot. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and we, we went from Tripoli, we went to Damascus because at that time, the airport in Beirut wasn't finished yet, mm -hmm. and uh, we went all we went all the way to Damascus because we had to fly out of Damascus, and my uh, we went me and my brother and sisters, and my mother, and one uncle, and my mother, and uh, uh, and another gr another great uncle and a great aunt they went with us and uh, they because they went with us because both of them they were they emigrated to costa rica and and they went back to lebanon in 1948 and they came with us to you know because we we didn't know what to do or where to go what well you know uh, we were very very green and Um, so you were 14 when you left, you were born in 1935, yeah. so that means it was 1944 by the time you left Lebanon? Uh -huh. It was 1944 by the time you left Lebanon? No, after the 50s. I was in the 50s. Uh, no, uh, oh, no, you're right. You're right. 14. That, I'm, I'm, my math is bad. 1949. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, in the 1950s. In the 50s? Uh, okay. In, in 48, uh, 49, we received the paper. Okay. And then they started, you know, working, uh, what, find out where everything's at and how, how to make passports and... Uh, and all the necessary thing you do, you know, for to immigrate, mm -hmm. and uh, it took about three months. We received them in uh, November uh, forty-nine, 
and until we finish, I think, in, in, uh, at, at the end of uh, February. Uh, that's when we, f we finish everything with passport were ready in, and, and we had to go to the Canadian embassy and tell them that we were all ready and uh, they can schedule the time and the flight, you know, when we can come. And uh, we, uh, they did all this, and uh, and we left uh, Tripoli on uh, on the on the third uh, on the on the twelve, and we went to Damascus, and we spent a couple of days in Damascus, and aunt and my great aunt and uncle, uh, they said. Young, young kids are emigrating now. They should get to see different things, uh, you know, all different things before we, before they go. And they took us. Uh, oh, and they took us uh, to, to the Great Mosque uh, and Damascus and different other places, you know, to see before we leave. And on uh, and on, on the fifteenth, uh, we scheduled to go. F on the fifteenth, we we were supposed to go to Italy. In Italy, we were, we were supposed to spend one night, and the next day we were supposed to go to Italy to England, London. In London, we were supposed to stay two nights. Then go to Canada, but and uh, when we when we got to London, uh, the, the the interpreter came and talked to my mother, and told her that you're lucky, Air Canada is is in here waiting. You won't be leaving in about two to three hours. And if you want to leave tonight, go direct to Canada, or you want to stay here the two days and wait, and go go to Canada and two days after. And my mother started thinking. She said uh, she 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 never traveled. She never did anything. And she said, well, you know, she's got four kids and didn't know you know what to do." So uh, she asked her aunt and her uncle and her brother what she should do. Uh, no, 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 no. They didn't have nothing to do with. No, uh, no. She didn't ask them because she had to make that decision by herself in London. And she uh, she asked us, and, and between all the family that uh, that was going, I was the only one that got airsick. The minute I get on the plane, I, I stay for about one or two, between two to three hours, nothing. All of a sudden, after three hours, I start throwing up. I get airsick. And uh, when we, we were in, uh, in, uh, in London, I was so sick, I was throwing up all the way almost for three hours 
and, and until when we got there, I was almost right out. And uh, she uh, she told the the people uh, Air Canada and and said, "Look at this guy. He, he's really sick. C can you you think they can make it all the way?" And uh, the lady told her, "Don't worry. We can we can give him some pill to drug him out uh, uh, to make him sleep." And uh, I remember they gave me the pill, and I, I was still throwing up. Finally, I fell asleep, and, uh, and uh, when I woke up, we were almost and ready to land in in Canada. I don't know if it was I don't I don't know if it was Gander or Montreal uh, airport. I forgot. And I w it was the entry to Canada, and and we came to Canada, and we we came on a four motor plane from inside Canada. We had to travel on a smaller plane with two motor. All at, at that time, all was were propeller motor. There were no uh, jet. And uh, and uh, so we we travel from Montreal all the way down to Tor Toronto, and Toronto they put us on another plane, and they send us to Windsor. And we got all the way to Windsor, and Windsor there was a big snowstorm. I think they got about fifteen inches of snow at that time. And uh, it was snowing like crazy. We went all the way to Windsor, and the plane couldn't land. Couldn't see the airport. And so they went back to Toronto, and we stayed in Toronto about three hours or, or so. And they sent us back. Finally, they landed in Windsor. And... And we, uh, we uh, my aunt and her uh, and my uncle and some friend of theirs, they were all waiting for us at the airport. And one of their friend came all the way to the airplane and and, and told us, "When are you gonna get down?" <laughs> everybody was sick, or even well, everybody was sick except my young sister. She was the only one. That never got, never got sick on the on, on, on the flight, and my brother got sick, uh, my older sister got sick, my mother got sick. Then, then finally we got all to, uh, our uh, belonging together, and we and we went out, and everybody was waiting for us, and it was a big, nice welcome from my aunt and uncle and all their friends. It, it was a really a beautiful thing at that time. I was, you know, to to see in a, bre in a, a new like you see in yourself in a new country. And ev everybody used to tell us that Canada is really cold, and uh, that's when we really found out it was really cold. Uh, and uh, and uh, we we went and. Uh, uh, they, they sent us uh, 
we arrived around Easter time. I, I think it was around Easter vacation at that time, the schools. And after Easter vacation, my aunt took us to school and and told the principal that that we just arrived, if he can take us in the school. And the principal was very nice, polite man, by the name of Mr. Ganyo, and he he was he really have lot to do with uh, helping us to learn the English language. Uh, he 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 was French, and we knew French. I tried to translate the French into English for us, and uh, and he, uh, he 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 used to spend about at least one hour with us a day, trying to help us. We got in and uh, at the end of April, I think. And when we finished school at uh, at the end of uh, June, me and my two sisters and a brother, we were all speaking English. All thanks to that Mr. Ganyo, he who really helped us uh, to learn the English language. By help uh, spending one hour a day in the school to make us learn the English language. I really appreciate it. And, and, I, uh, and uh, from there, my brother, uh, he went and got a job to learn as a printer. Uh, he, he went by with, with, the, with the guy person by the name of James Benton. And Mr. Benton, he really got to like my brother, and uh, and uh, and he, he he helped him learn the printing business. And eventually, he liked to travel, and um, he, he used to live the business all under my brother's care, and my brother took care of it, and and everything was working like a clock for him. He was very, very happy with my brother. During that time, I was going to school, and there was a, a man, he had a business next to the print shop by the name of Mr. Harry Zilek, and he told my brother, is your brother doing anything after school? He, my brother told him, no, he's not doing nothing. He just stays home. He said, tell him if you want the job, I'll I'll pay him after school until you go home and he can go home with you. So my brother told me, when you finish school, take the bus and come to where I work and there's a man here who's going to give you a job. So I went and went down and uh, the man was a very nice man, Mr. Zilek. He treated me like a son. And uh, he gave me the job to, he had like a, not, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, like uh, he make all the advertisement for the movies. Oh, wow. And he, he make the cut of the letters 
and he ran them uh, on a sheet of paper and and put uh, put it like oh know, the billboards like a billboard yeah and I used he, he teach me he taught me how to do that and I used to do that for for him and and he paid me fifty cents an hour that was money for me to spend you know get going to school I was I was getting about dollar fifty a day. Back back in those days, that was a lot of money, right? Oh, that was good money them days, Papi. For for a while, I went out on uh, on Saturday and Sunday to the golf course to caddy. And the first day I went there to caddy, I introduced myself to the caddy master, and I told him, you know, I just came to Canada, and I would like to caddy if, if he can help me out. He said, sure, sure, Phil. I'll, and when I'll send you out as soon as I've got, I've, uh, you know, I've seen somebody that you can uh, uh, like to take you, I'll, I'll, I'll send you up with them. And I was there about about 45 minutes and he called me, Phil, come here. And I he went and he said, okay, take this bag and go and wait for Mr. Ray, uh, gonna, you're going to be caddying for him. I said, okay. And came Mr. Ray introduced himself. And, and he had a young daughter, too, about my age. And she went out with him, you know, to walk around, not to play, just to walk around. And we went out for the whole 18, 18 whole golf, uh, golf course. And at the end of the 18, I heard uh, the fee was to carry for 18 hole was $2. And he took out $2 to pay me. And his daughter said to him, hey, puppy, what about the tip? He took out another 50 cents and said, 250, the tip is 50 cents, okay? I, I said, okay, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> it was his daughter, the one that said it. And I was, I thank him very much, uh, you know, I appreciate it, and I thank him, I said, thank you very much. And he was really a nice person. After, eventually, I found out there were, they they live in the summertime, not too far where I lived, and I got to meet his daughter and her sister eventually, and and his daughter, I, I eventually she married one of not a friend that a, a, a person that went to the same school with me. I used to see him by the name of. of uh, Kenny Grant, and uh, and he married her. And, and, and I never heard from him anymore. The only thing I heard was they used to rent uh, a voting machine during election time. They rent a voting machine and all over the country. 
and that's all I knew about him. I never heard about him anymore. And uh, after that, uh, I, I, I stayed with Mr. Zilek for another year. And I, I started working on the Green Giant uh, in the summertime. How, how old were you by this point? Uh, when I started working for Green Giant, I was about, uh, fift I think I was still 15. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I started working in Green Giant. Uh, uh, the Acadian business finished, and I started... Uh, and I and I worked with Green Giant from uh, the end of J June. No, no, end of July. I didn't. I work in the corn season. I didn't work in the uh, in the pea season because it's already finished. A guy by the name of Mr. Harry Campo. He's the one that hired me in the Green Giant. Very nice man. Turned out to be he was our neighbor in Tecumseh where we live. And I really appreciated. He was always, uh, we remember him because he was a real nice man. He, he, he's the one told my uncle, don't, uh, don't worry, I'll hire him anytime he wants because he's a good worker. From the Green Giant in the 1955, 54. And the Chrysler, at them days, they were paying over $3 an hour. I f forgot exactly. But I know over $3 an hour. But everybody else is around dollar something. Well, and, the Chrysler uh, was the biggest company in, in uh, town, uh, right? And that area, yeah. And they were paying good money. They started working two shifts. And after the two shifts, the, the business was so good, they had to put the, uh, the third shift, working around the clock. A Chrysler. You worked all three shifts? Huh? Did you work all three shifts? No, no. One shift. They won't let you work three shifts. Okay. Uh, sometime if no, uh, nobody comes in, they ask somebody if they want to stay and work the second shift. It's up to you. You can say yes or you can say no. Sometime if some people never showed up for a job. And they asked people from the shift ahead of before, and but because you know to work two shifts it's very hard. And and uh, I I did good on Chrysler. I worked from 19 December 54 till uh, June 57. 
for you worked you, you were a, Chry a Chrysler for three years. Yeah, three years. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm gonna go back a little bit. So when you came over to Canada, was that the first time that you saw the snow? Excuse me. When you came over to Canada, was that the first time that you saw the snow? First time what? That you saw snow. Well, when, when you flew into Canada, remember you said there was a snowstorm? Yeah. Was that the first time you'd seen oh, snow? Oh, no. no? In Lebanon, snow, uh, ten times more. Oh, really? It snows more, but it's not, not cold as, as Canada. Okay. In Lebanon, we get sometimes up to six uh, six feet. Okay, wow. In our town. Six in feet? Uh, six feet in our hometown. So that covers you? It, cover, it covers the everything. Wow. Yeah. So some places in uh, high and uh, where Sherbel uh, live in Bakafra, mm -hmm. they say it covers the houses. Oh and wow! They have to dig holes. How do you uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to make uh, to dig holes for the window so they get light inside? Oh wow! Yeah. What was so you 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 glossed over the the Lebanon? What was your favorite memory of living in in Lebanon? I think it was the the family mostly. The family were always nice to to to, uh, to us, you know. One day, one day, we didn't have uh, one. I'll tell you one thing, Khalil. The my aunt, my father was killed. After my father was killed, my aunt sent us money twice a year, $100 every, every six months. Mm -hmm. And that's what kept us going to, to, to spend. We didn't have money coming in, but the food, like the, uh, to eat and stuff like that, we have a lot, lot of property, and we used to like uh, rent the property, we get one third, and the people that rented get the two third, and we used to get our uh, what we need, like the flour, the potatoes, the onion, uh, uh, everything needed for the house, and uh, uh, we used to get it actually from our land. Wow. And uh, and thank to God, my mother. Never, we never had one meal missed. We never missed a meal in our in, 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 in our in our, in our house because my mother always have something for us to eat. My mother was a good, good, good managed. Uh, she managed the house like I don't think anybody managed it better than her. She. The money she, uh, my aunt used to send us, she used to buy the clothes for us, and and uh, and but, but we we never used to buy meat on Sunday to make kubbi. So uh, for for people that don't know, yeah, huh? uh, for people that don't know, kibbe is uh, uh, uh kibbe the, in them days was people rich people. Because uh, you have to pay, uh, 
buy the meat on Sunday so everybody can make kubbi. And uh, my mother didn't have money to make kubbi. She always made kubbi out of potatoes. <laughs> and she, uh, even her mother used to say, did you eat, buy meat uh, and make kubbi today? She said, oh yeah, yeah, we did. But we, ne she, we never did, but just to, she, saw what, she was so proud, she didn't want uh, uh, her mother to know that, you know, she, she, she's not eating meat. Hmm. Yeah, she was a proud woman, very, very proud. Hmm. Um. One day, I was in town, I think I was about, nine and the guy that sells ice cream I was going by there I seen a kid I know I said what are you doing here he said I'm spinning the machine that make the ice cream and it's gonna give me a cone and after half an hour I said yeah I said yeah I said I'm gonna spin it after you is there anybody he said no no you can take right after me and she told, he told the guy, he told him that uh, he's, I'm going to spend that after him. So, so the guy left and I was started spinning that machine to, so he can give me a cone of ice cream. I never had ice cream before. And guess who came to eat ice cream at his place? One of my uncle, <laughs> my uncle Badwi, he seen me do, you know, spinning that machine and sweating and he said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm spinning the machine so I can get a cone of ice cream. He said, come, come, stop spinning. Come and sit with me on the table. Uh, and he told the guy, get me Give him an ice, uh, ice cream, whatever he wants. He, he said to me, don't ever uh, do st stupid job like that. You're going to hurt yourself uh, uh, for a lousy ice cream cone. I said, okay. So I guess him, uh, my uncle and the other uncle, they talked to, together. And um, they used to they used to work together. One uncle will take the uh, all the, all the doors and the windows and everything to make the the wood for him. And the other uncle used to do the cement work. So so they used, uh, used to do different work together. So they start taking me out out with them. They give me a job where they do the cement work. They got wood, uh, you know, frame. They put it first, and so they pour the cement over it. And after they take it out, you have to take all the nails out of, out of the wood and straighten the nails out, and so they can use the nail again. And my my job was to take all all the nails out of the wood and straighten the nails and 
so they can use them again. And I, st I started doing that, and he, I used to do, uh, he, 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 you know, I did my job very well. I guess they really liked me. Then he started paying me $3 a week. Just enough, uh, no, three fifty a week, three fifty a week. Three dollars was to pay for a kilo of uh, meat, and the fifty cents for me to s to spend. Is this in Lebanon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in Lebanon. Uh, and uh, was that your first job? Yeah. How old were you? Nine. Nine. Nine was your first yeah, job. Yeah, my my uncle, you know, come to me as. So they can uh, buy the meat. Uh, he found out that we we haven't eaten eaten meat and stuff like that, and they were they were both both mad. Uh, nobody said anything to them. Uh, that your uncle Budwi, he's your mom's brother, right? Yeah, and, you, and Yusuf is another brother. How many bro How many siblings did your mom have? Uh, at that time, there was Afif. Badwi and Yusuf, men, and there's Salma, my mother Emily, Adele, Saidi, and Alvira. Five, and I think they were eight. Eight. Eight, okay. yeah. Five girls and Three boys uh, and three boys. Poor, poor Afif. He died one year after we came to Canada. He w it was an election. Uh, uh, Hasroon, and I guess there used to be problem on election. People try to make people vote certain way, and always a lot of problem. And. Uh, 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 grandmother, she told him to s stay in the city and uh, not to go up to Hasun yet until after the election. While they were there, him and four of his buddies, they decided to go swimming in the Mediterranean. And, uh, and my uncle doesn't know how to swim, all of them actually. And uh, they went into a place, and uh, there was a current in there. Uh, the current sucked them in, all of them. They all went under. And some guy, a uh, good swimmer, he'd seen him. He ran right away, and and uh, he took out all the others except my uncle. He, he, when they woke up, he said, Afif, he said, oh, I thought I got all of you. He said, no, there's one more. They went, they dived again. He, he was already swallowed too much water, and he died. 16 years old. He was, how, how much older was he than you? Huh? Were you around the same age as he was? He was the same age as my brother. Okay. Uncle Charlie. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he died one year after you guys left? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did you find out? Send a letter to us. He first sent a letter. I guess he, he he had same problem, and somebody saved him. And he told us in the letter, "I will never walk uh, in the ocean, even the ocean was dry." 
exactly one year and uh, he walked until the ocean and then and he drowned that's too bad yeah he was a good looking fellow he looked something like you yeah big tall fair fair looking uh, um he was he was uh, charlie's age he used to r- tie one hand behind his back and one hand again against me and charlie my brother <laughs> and he used to grab us and whip us around like uh, you know we were nothing we can compare he was strong very strong we couldn't even pin him down both of us was he was he naturally strong or did he do a lot he, of he was naturally strong he, he was he was the same age as charlie but he looked like the size of a 10 year older ma- person He, lo- he loved us. He loved us. One day, I had a little gun that shoot uh, cork. And it, it shaped exactly like a gun. And uh, one this policeman's son, he said, I heard you have a gun that looks like a real gun. I said, yeah. He said, what is it? I said, here in my pocket. Can I look at it? I said, sure, take a look at it. He looked at it. He kept on looking at it. All of a sudden, he turned around. Uh, he said, I'll be right back. And he took off. Mm. And I started running after him. I kept running after him, and he went right in front of my grandmother's house. I we passed there. My uh, my uncle Afif was, you know, he heard me screaming. He came out and he said, "What's happened?" He told him he stole my gun he, and he's running away. He came with me, kept running with me in ho- until we we ran all the way to his house and he tried to hide in his house. My uncle went to his father. His father was the policeman. Everybody used to be scared of him, and he told him, "Your son stole my the gun of my." My nephew, I want that gun back right away. He said, sure, I, sure, I'm telling you. So his, his father went to look, show me the gun. He showed him the gun. He, he, t- he told me, is that your gun? He said, I said, yes, sir, that's my gun. He gave it to me. He said, he gave his son. He said, don't ever steal any more from people. Next time, it's going to be a big problem for you. Uh, he he gave us the gun and he he gave him a a big big you know good talk uh, straight him out. Yeah. Um, uh, Uncle Charlie's was two years older than you were, right? Uh, no, two two years and two months. Well, he was uh, one month. One two and two years and two and one month. So uh, Afif was a uh, so he was uh, Afif was about. Uh, same as Charlie. Uh, no, I think Afif was born younger than Charlie. Oh, so he was in between you two. Uh, I think he was. He was. Uh, 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 Charlie was three months older than him. Okay. I think Afif was in March, his birthday. And, uh, Charlie was in January. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he was like your buddy, pretty much. 
Oh, Afif, like uh, my 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 biggest brother, like he look he look after me like uh, I was his younger brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Did you get along like that with your with your other uncles? Yeah, all of them, all of them. They were all nice to us. They were all nice to us. Uncle Badwi, we brought him to Canada, him and his two sons, in 1970, 76, because there was a civil war in Lebanon, and he called, wrote and told my mother that if, if he can come, him and, his two, him and two boys, you know, for a few months, and until uh, that war finish, he came in, uh, in August. Then uh, he decided he wanted to go back, and uh, but his boys didn't want to go back, so he found them an apartment, and he told them. You go and work. You got him. Uh, Charlie got him jobs, and uh, George started working with me. He was good. He had a good. Uh, uh, if he see something, he tell him to do something similar. He'll do it. This is good or better. George he had a good. Uh, how you say it? Uh, uh, if you like a person who sees something in oh, uh, uh, he can pho- photographic c- memory yeah photo- uh, and he make it look better and i said this guy he is is going to be a good uh, uh, carpenter because he was working with his dad uh, when he when he went back he started working with his dad and uh, and they started making uh, chest of it, uh, I mean, uh, uh, ch- uh, furniture for the houses, beds, ad- anything you want in furniture. And he started doing really good. And when he came to Costa Rica, when we were living now, he told me he had 11 people working for him as uh, you know on the furniture and he's doing very well very well i don't but i don't know now about that problem in lebanon and uh, i don't know how they're doing i haven't heard from him it's it's been a while but since you talked when he came about two two years three years ago he, he told me he told me he was doing very good so now let's go back to uh when you were at Chrysler you said it was uh 1977 uh, or 57 that you what when, when you were at Chrysler what year was it uh, the, the uh, that you were working uh, at Chrysler uh, uh, 57 57 okay um what were you doing at Chrysler I worked on uh, uh, 
Le Plymouth and the Dodge two-door hardtop. They didn't have too many, too many of them, but they had to do the framework for them. They didn't, didn't do them on the production line. We had to do them separate uh, on, a, on a table and uh, build so many a, a night. And when we first started, they were doing six, six a night. Then the big boss came and said there was a big urgency. They need 12 a night. And they won't bother us again. We did 12 a night. And we still have time for ourselves. Then, about a month after, they said the same guy came again, and he said more emergency. We need eighteen a night. Uh, and at that time, when they were doing all this. None of us were had seniority yet. We were still working as uh, probation, like mm -hmm. they can keep us or they can, you know, get rid of us. And so we we finally did the eighteen a night, but they didn't have no time for us at the, at the end of the day. We barely made it just to wash our hands and and finish. But we were all, you know, worked right out, uh, and they knew it. But them other guys, they had seniority, they wouldn't do the work. The one they used to do was six a night. They went around carrying hammer uh, and walk around on the, in the factory. Uh, just walking around in the factory with the hammer in their head. They think they're, you know, they're keeping busy, fixing something. They weren't fixing nothing. <laughs> they were just abiding time. Passing the time. Hmm. Um. So, what? When you were done at Chrysler, were you? Did you quit because you were tired of uh, of working there, or did you find another opportunity? No, another opportunity came up. I we there was a ball there was a ball in Lake and Tecumseh, and this guy, friend of mine. Would you like a sip of something? Yeah, please. to get up and stretch or anything? No. No? Okay. 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 So there was a bowling league in Tecumseh? Yeah. Uh, and this friend of mine, he, he said, what are you doing? I said, working on Green Giant. But in Green Giant, you can work so long, and after a while, they, you know, they, get, uh, they tell you you're finished. 
but I was lucky that he used to keep me till about sometime till January, February, March sometime. But I always, I always start in, in the end of uh, in May, you know, for the peace. Always in the peace, uh, always from from the peace on. All I used to work from May till uh, till uh, February or March, but never full time, and it wasn't a good job. So this guy came and told me. He said, "I see an opportunity for you." I said, "What?" He said, you know Jerry Campo? I said, yeah, I know Jerry Campo. He said, I heard lo he's looking for somebody to be partner with him, and he wants to start a flower shop. You want to go and talk to him? I said, sure, I'll go and talk to him. So the night of bowling, Jerry comes in, and I was sitting there, and and uh, he he come putting his sho bowling shoes and everything. I said, Jerry, uh, I heard you're looking for somebody to be your partner. You want to start a flower shop? He said, Are you interested? I said, I, well, I, I gotta see the plan. And I said, well, What kind of plan you have? He, he had a book. He had written everything in the book, what he needed to start the flower shop. He said, I need this, this, and this. We have to go and buy them. And this will cost about this, and this will cost about that. He sa I, I said, how much money do, 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 do each person have to come up with? He said, 500 bucks. I said, I'm in. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I, uh, I went and told my mother and my aunt that I'm going to start a flower shop with Jerry Campo. She said, what are you going to start a flower shop? You're going to lose your money. You're gonna I said, I'm lose, uh, invested 500 bucks. Five hundred dollars didn't work. It's okay. I lose five hundred dollars, but this gave me an opportunity to start my own business. And my aunt said, "Where are you gonna have the flower shop?" I said, "I was thinking, you have a place empty. We can rent it from you." I said, "How much do you want?" She said she was renting it, I think, around 50 or $75 a month rent. She said, $45, I'll give it to you guys. Mm. I, I said, okay, sounds good. So I went back to Jerry and I said, I got you the place where to start a flower shop. He said, where? At my aunt's place, and, uh, the one next to the railroad track. He said, you got that? I said, yeah. He said, how much? I said, 45 bucks. He said, oh, good, cheap. 
So he, he needed somebody to sign for him to get $500 from the bank. And nobody was, uh, wanted to sign for him. Finally, his, mo his mother said to him, I'll go and sign for you. His mother went and uh, she knows the bank manager and she went and told him, I'm signing for my son uh, for the $500 loan. Oh, good. That's, that's, that's very well. So now you're all set. We can, you can start your flower shop. So we took $1,000 with us, and we went to the place. He knew all the places and everything. He had marked down what, what, what you need for the flower shop. We went to Port Dover, Thomas A. Ivy. They, they were wholesale florists. They have flowers, flower, fresh flowers, and they have all the part you need for the flower shop flower suppliers and we went there to introduce ourselves and the guy was very nice by the name of Walt Lawn Walt Lawn took care of us what we need for inside the flower shop not, not nothing to do with flowers just a part when you need to, you know, to to make flowers. And Jerry went in there and he bought all the stuff. And he, he only spent, I think, less than 500 bucks. And he bought, he bought all the stuff we needed. Then, uh, then after we finished, We told him we need some flower, fresh flowers for you know to start, and we be needing some every week. And he told us that you know he gonna tell his salesman to stop and see us every week, and bring uh, sell us roses, anything we need, and they'll see they have whatever we need on flowers. And on the day of the opening, they give us. 400 flower roses to use on the open day to give them to the people. When we did, Jerry said, give me all the people you know with their name and try to find their addresses and we'll send everybody an invitation. And uh, I, I, went, I went and made a list of all the people I know and uh, their name and, uh, and addresses and everything. And, and we send invitation to everybody I know and he send the invitation to everybody that he know. Uh, it was December 9, 1961. Yeah. I don't know, we put a nod in the star, I think, and uh, the Windsor Star newspaper. Mm -hmm. That we can open up a flower shop by the name of Jerry and Phil. Flowers. 
we send all the invitation. And we went and opened the door on December 9. And all the people we sent invitation, they start coming in. And, you know, we know everybody. Oh, talk to them. Hello, how are you? Nice to see you. <coughs> I'm we're very glad that you come into our invitation. Uh, anything we can, anything we can help you with for Christmas or for any other occasion or uh, some people bought stuff for Christmas. Some people bought occasion. Even we signed two wedding that day. Anyway, after all calculation, we sold almost a thousand dollars on the first day. Wow, that's not bad for a first day, huh? Huh? Not bad for a first day. Excellent, huh? <laughs> excellent for the first day, and uh, uh, we had the cash again, and we started from there. And uh, people start coming calling stuff buying stuff read for christmas for the dead people and anything they need for christmas they give it to us somebody want to send plan for christmas they gave us the orders uh, thing work out excellent All right, we're going to take a break and we'll keep we'll come back next time, okay? All right, so that's it for part 1, you guys. Now we're going to record the other ones. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to record the other ones in a little minute, okay? So for those, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Oh, pl- by the way, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and We'll come back to you tomorrow. I love you, my forgetters. Bye-bye.